The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. At this time, joining us in studio, we've spoken to him on numerous occasions before he's joining us as we start our year in review here on Freedom 106.5 FM. Senior reporter and producer at GML, that's Shane Superville. Good morning to you. Hi, good morning, Satish. Thank you for having me. Good morning to all of our viewers and listeners. Nice to have you with us here this morning. Year in review, and one of the things that we focus on every year is the crime situation. And in focusing on the crime situation, first, foremost, front burner, the murder stat. And of course, there are other things that we need to consider in the discussion, but we tend to focus on the murder figure because that gives us, in our minds, in some people's minds, in the discussion, a gauge of how things are going and whether we've done better than last year. There's a lot of work to, to, to still to be done. Let's get your opinion. You've been, in, you've been covering this for a long period of time. You've been, f- you've been looking actively at what's going on when it comes to our crime situation and, and to murders. Where are we at this point in time with a couple of days to go before the year ends? Good morning again, Satish. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, at this time, the last batch of figures I would have gotten would have been on Christmas Eve, December 24th. Mm-hmm. And those figures uh, for the year thus far in 2023, they have been 558 murders compared to 591 for the same period last year. So there is a noticeable decline in the number of murders reported for the year thus far. And just to kind of give you some background context as well, we ended last year, 2022, with at least 600 and five murders the highest number of murders in local history which means that it was a very significant year for us it was a very bad year for a lot of people and a lot of eyes turned to the state agencies the ttps the mm. tt prison service the regiment is ssa as well to sort of kind of get a handle on where we would be going with this now of course as you would have remembered um this year was also a very important year for us because it would have meant the confirmation of Commissioner of Police Erla Harewood Christopher in her role who made the promise during a parliamentary joint select committee that there would be a change in the murder rate short term by July this this year sorry and long term by December so clearly based on what I would have said there is that difference in the murder toll but how much of it can be attributed to hard policing strategies and how much of it could simply be a fluke or a fluctuation in the figures is part of what remains unclear at this time. You know what would be an interesting statistic? How many attempted murders there were um, this year? Which means that them fellas are going to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody walking today, not because they're supposed to be walking, but because they're lucky. Um, and I, I, the attempted murder figure is, is an interesting one because... It, had it gone the way it was intended to, the murder figure would have been extremely high. And it speaks directly to what you're talking about. The reduction in murders may have absolutely nothing to do with policing. And the police are going to claim the government. Everybody will start to claim because we're, what's the figure at this point in time? Five, uh, 558 compared five, to 591 last year. Right. So at the end, we may not necessarily cross 600, which some people are going to see a lot of positives in. Even though it's 40 less than 600, which in the greater scheme of things means nothing. Because 560-something people still dead on the nation's roads. And, and as I said, you know, there are some people who were shot and wounded. And, 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 and they survived. But they were, if, if it had gone the wrong way, would have been part of the murder figure. Um, there's another element that I saw recently that I thought was really interesting in the discussion, which we don't really hear much of. 
and that's missing persons because persons who go missing go missing under various circumstances correct some of them have been under very questionable circumstances mm. um that would suggest to you that um they would have met an uh, an ill-gotten fate because of how they disappeared it 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 suggests that somebody wanted them they take them and chances are they dead but how how is missing persons treated in this country as opposed to others because I'm I'm subject to correction and I know there are people who would have the information but if after you're missing for a specific period of time you are legally declared dead and that is to deal with things like insurance and wills and all of these kinds of other things utility bills and, and so every, on everything so there's a time after you are considered legally but do those add to the murder figure or are they just classified as as unclassified death so how does it work do you know I'm not clear on how it works but I do know that there's a specified time period I want to say it's sometime between 6 uh, to 12 months where someone once no one has had contact with them or confirmed contact mm. that they are declared legally dead um the difficulty in that and really sort of adding that to the statistics and the data that you have with the murder figure may necessarily be an issue of resources on the part of the police who are the ones who are charged to investigate both murders and disappearing cases i think that there's a concern and i'm also subject to correction on this in terms of the resources that would be used to try and confirm conclusively whether or not someone is dead as this would fall squarely within the realm of the homicide bureau of investigation so effectively what it would mean is that the homicide officers now have to not only investigate and deal with matters of people who they know are dead mm. but also have to investigate cases to verify beyond a shadow of a doubt in a court of law whether or not someone is dead and not up for presumption if you add those two figures together you get an astronomical figure it crosses a thousand um and and that's something to sit up and take notice of it really is but what are usually when we have these discussions we focus on trends and and we 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 look back at well this year the majority of people who were murdered were were they gang related was it part of the the crime that we're seeing how many of these were persons who were innocent victims or bystanders or how many of it was domestic and so on uh, what what did we see this year well gang related definitely falls or contribute is the major contributor to the murder toll of what we would have seen this year and you said something very interesting in the sense of innocent bystanders one thing i just like to put out there for the record is that even if you are an innocent bystander let's say satish and shane are having a conversation the gunmen are coming for shane not satish but yet for whatever reason you end up getting killed as well it doesn't necessarily mean that you were a gang member or you were involved in anything but how the investigation work is that it would still be qualified or as a gang be categorized as a gang related killing mm-hmm. um but just to answer your question yes gang um violence continues to be a major concern to the ttps at this time um if you recall there were various flare ups of gang violence across tnt particularly across the east west corridor from january up until november you know beginning with the killings we would have seen in Freeman Road and Trainline Village in St Augustine going through to uh, about a violence we saw in San Juan and Mova uh, taking you right through to a batch of killings we would have seen in Caranage even further down mm. to Arima and even most recently in East Port of Spain and Levante between right. 
the 67 gang. So it still is a major concern despite it being somewhat noticeably less than what we would have seen last year. One of the things, you know, I haven't been to a press conference in, in years, um, but one of the things that I find so interesting all the time, we continue to be told whenever a gang member is killed, all the information about them. Police know who they are, where they live in, what they used to do, what they eat for breakfast, how many outside women they have, how many children, mm. this, that, what they're dealing in. Everything. Police know every single thing about them when they're dead. But while they're alive, we can't seem to bring these very same people to justice. Mm-hmm. Now, it, as, as a citizen, forget Satish Mahabir, the media worker, but as a citizen, my first question is, well, how does something like that happen? How, how do you justify to me that we have the grace, whichever gang, whatever that is, and, mm-hmm. and you, every time you talk to the police it's about something to anti-gang, we have anti-gang legislation, we have all kinds of things now. Anti-gang task force. Every single thing that you can think about. But we do seem to be bringing the gangs to justice. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who is, who's been reporting, I'm, I'm positive that would have been uh, something that would have stand out to you at some point in time. Have questions been asked to the authorities? Because we get this time old statement. Well, you know, we have all the information, but we can't turn it into evidence. Very and I, I, I find that to be unacceptable. And, and I'll tell you why I find it unacceptable. It's because they're getting all the kind of resources that they need. Mm-hmm. Is it that they are incompetent? And I, I think that's a question that should be posed directly. On, the, on, on behalf of the citizenry, is, are all the mechanisms that are, are supposed to deal with gangs incompetent? Because you can't tell me that for decades we did. De- Let's go back to Martin Joseph. Martin Joseph stand up in Parliament in this country and tell us all the gangs we have. He identify which gang from where and how much gang members they have and mm-hmm. this and that and the next and the where other. They live, where and they all operate. that. And decades, well, a dec- more than a decade later, Mm-hmm. We still can't deal with them. What, what, what's your experience? I think, well, first of all, you're very correct. You know, one of the most common responses we've gotten, especially when we ask these kind of questions, is that intelligence, which is the raw information, what you just um, described, uh, doesn't necessarily translate in mm-hmm. terms of evidence. And I agree it can be really frustrating to get that response time and time again. But what I will say is that as much as the TTPS and the other law enforcement agencies may be responsible and really have to take the lead in this, they can't be the only one to accept the quote-unquote blame as I speak. For instance, I was just speaking about the gang war that began one of the most recent bouncer gang violence we saw in East Port of Spain. That was sparked by the murder of a purported underworld figure in Diego Martin, I want to say on the night of October 31st. And within hours later, four people were killed in Belmont hours later that very same night. This was a person who was held with multiple guns, was part of a murder inquiry, and went before the court, but for some reason, which I still don't know the answer to, was given bail. So as much as we would like to, you know, kind of act and beat up on the police in that regard as to how this continues to happen, I think the judiciary and the courts also need to sort of take a step up in this regard and uh, really sort of assess how they treat with certain criminal matters, especially in matters with people who have a very lengthy, very clear 
rap sheet on what they've done and what they are capable of doing if they have access to that kind of bail and are able to get back out on the street. Mm. It just seems as though, as a country, we have not been able to deal with the issue of gangs. We are not the only country in the world that has an issue with criminal gangs. You'd be naive to think that it's a Trinidad and Tobago thing. Right. It's all over the world. Um, I mean, and some of these are, are, are very well known in the U.S. You have the Bloods and the Crips and all these mm-hmm. identified by colors and all these kinds of things. But while those those discussions are, are justified, say, well, here now it's not a Trinidad and Tobago thing, I'm not satisfied that we continue to spend billions of dollars on national security and we don't seem to be making any kind of headway. We have 40, about 40 murders less than we did last year at Roughly. this point in time. The police commissioner and others will come now at the end of the year and they're going to boast about that and say, yes, we, we have reached 600, but 500 and something people dead. It's still unacceptable. It, it's still unacceptable. And I don't know what's necessary for us to get this all-out onslaught on the criminals and the gangs in this country. What more do we need? We go hear now about whistleblower legislation. We go hear about... Um, was the other one polygraph testing and everything mm-hmm. else? But how how uh, are we incompetent to deal with it outside of those two pieces of legislation? And and we went back into all the various things that we have: the grace and the this and the that and the next and the other and everything else. I I don't think we're going to get it. If if we don't get a handle on the gangs, we will not get a handle on the crime. Correct. Because we've been told that the gangs are responsible for the majority of the crimes. Are you I'm positive you interact with police officers what are some of the things that police officers are saying frustrate them in getting the job done well just to kind of go back to the point i would have made earlier you know just um the cooperation they would have been getting or the responses they would have been getting i should say from the judiciary and really what happens to a suspect when you arrest them you charge them you layer evidence towards the prosecutor who will be trying to get this person off the street to say this is what they would have been doing and this is what we believe they are likely to do if they are returned to the street um one of the most frustrating things for them at least has been the lack or the apparent lack of coordination between various units of the ttps as well I spoke to several homicide officers recently for my own year in review um, story for Guardian and one of the major complaints is the sort of disjointed approach that other specialized intelligence units sometimes have towards investigators from the Homicide Bureau of Investigations. There's still a lot of mistrust. They don't seem to be on the same page a lot of times and vital information that can go towards really putting someone behind bars is often left out either absent-mindedly or sometimes even deliberately so there's also the issue of uh, a lack of resources to get certain things done either in terms of equipment or manpower itself you have to remember that as a homicide officer you're not only tasked with investigating the murder that happens right now and go to the scene and collect the evidence and so on but you as a constable as a corporal as a sergeant sometimes even all the way up to inspector you have to go to court you have to make sure that you give your evidence you say that this man was shot four times you have to explain why i believe that john doe is the person who killed him and you really have to kind of see your way through and after a police officer retires so it's a very time consuming it's a very mentally exhausting 
type of is a very mentally exhausting job that takes a lot out of you and um, resources and just having that sort of cooperation and coordination between the two units between various units i should say is one of the major concerns a lot of officers have in really kind of getting their hand arms mm. around this yeah so we've been talking about murders and gangs for the duration of our conversation this morning there were some other elements of crime that reared their head in a very prominent way tell us about some of those this year well, woundings and shootings continue to be a concern to the police at this time. I think earlier you mentioned, you know, how many attempted murders we would have seen. Mm -hmm. um, well, guns continue to be the weapon of choice for a lot of the criminals that we've seen. Um, to the credit of the police, however, I must say that they have made several inroads in terms of really clamping down on the proliferation and the influx of illegal guns to TNT. Um, earlier this year, I think it was in April, we had a two-day CARICOM symposium on really treating with violent crime as a public health issue. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of the leaders, including our very own Prime Minister, would have taken the lead on this to try and hold or to try and get a grip on the accessibility of these different kinds of weapons not just the pistols and the revolvers but the machine guns the ar-15s the ak-47s and so on and we would have seen some progress in that there was a raid in i want to say carapo not too long after that there was also subsequent raids the very highly publicized um, gun hall we would have seen in santa cruz from members of the interagency task force and mm -hmm. later on in princess town so one of the arguments that have been put forward for the drop in the murder tool is the successes in really getting the guns off the streets. So getting it out of the hands of the criminals really takes away their chief and their primary weapon in really going out there and committing crimes. But even in the absence of these heavy weapons, shootings, woundings, even shoppings, you know, remains a major concern. Things like robbery remains a major concern. I think one of the categories of crime that would actually be on the decline is larceny motor vehicles, which there is actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, about a thousand less um, between early December for this year compared to the same period last year. But thefts and criminals are becoming a little more creative yeah. in terms of their reasoning through the home invasions and following people out of the ATMs and so on. Those are still very much a problem to the TTPS. Yeah, I, I remember having a, a conversation with someone from the police service. I can't remember who. We speak to so many of them. And and I was telling the person that, you know, I, I've always suggested that if the police deal with stolen vehicles, they will directly deal with crime. Because the majority, if not all of the vehicles used to commit a crime are stolen. Uh, and th I mean, there are a few exceptions where people rent vehicles and they change the number, plate and that kind of thing. But those Very are minuscule. Um, but the majority of them are stolen vehicles. So yeah. it stands to reason trickle down that if you clamp down on stolen vehicles, you immediately limit the criminals. And we had a, cl a classic example. There was this case where a gentleman, a businessman in Saouan, shot and killed about four or, or he shot about four and two or three of them died the vehicle that they were using that they joyriding in that they crashed this sunday night mm -hmm. was stolen saturday from karapi chima and if police had had found the vehicle 
they would have, in effect, prevented all the crimes that took place subsequent to the vehicle being stolen. And, and I, I just don't understand why police don't put more effort into that, to that element of it. Maybe I wouldn't understand because there are things that happen when it comes to crime fighting that I could never understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that reared their head prominently, an element of the crime situation, was home invasions. This year, that's for sure, because we saw all of these discussions. We had some pundits and someone getting up and saying there is a set of people who are doing it against it. And a whole mm-hmm. big set of back now. Home invasions did play a major part in, in our crime situation this year. Um, looking back at that, what are some of your comments on it? Well, home invasions are still definitely a concern. I'm not sure. I don't think I have the information at hand right now as to how many would have been done for the year mm-hmm. compared to the same period last year. But it's definitely a very noticeable trend. Um, I what one of the things I would have noticed is that most of the home invasions, and this was actually told to me by one of the police officers I interviewed for my year in review stories, that uh-huh. the very same gangs who are responsible for the murders and the gang warfare and the bloodshed that we've been seeing throughout the year are the very same ones who are doing these home invasions on more than one occasion. And I don't know if you would have remembered this, but there have been a lot of home invasions in some semi-rural, sometimes even what you would consider to be gated communities. And when you track down the suspects, they are coming from places like Beetham, they're coming from places like Sealots, they're coming from as far north as Belmont. In fact, I think a very popular grocery store franchise owner who was robbed at his home in the Southern Division, the suspects held for that were held during a roadblock in Belmont months later. So it just goes to show that the very same people who are responsible for the bloodshed are also the very same people who seem to be also committing these different you know, home invasions. And the very same vehicles they use in the home invasions are the ones that they use to sometimes go out and commit robberies. Sometimes they use it to commit drive-by shootings and murders. And that is part of the reason why a more, co- a more balanced, coordinated effort between the various units of the TTPS is necessary. Mm. We have an entire unit of the police service called the Stolen Vehicle Squad dedicated to finding stolen vehicles and they have made some successes so far but to their credit the criminals have also become very resourceful a lot of times let's say you get your vehicle stolen the police would track it down and they'd see it abandoned in some place because the criminals are doing it deliberately because they know that some people would have gps monitoring on it they would have various other systems in place to indicate where this vehicle is at this particular time. So they would deliberately abandon it somewhere and wait for the police to come rather than getting caught with the vehicle itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them boys and them smart. Let me just put it here that way. Mm-hmm. And they're very resourceful. They, from what we've seen, they broaden their prospects and widen their portfolio because we spoke to criminologist Darius Figuera some time ago. And he went into great detail to tell us how the crime has shifted. And, and the number of home invasions and carjackings that we are seeing, he said, is not random. Uh, he said those are deliberate and it's part, of the, it's, it's part of the new age of how the criminals operate. He said because the people who used to deal in, in drugs and this and that and the next and the other, they've become so big that they no longer need some of these henchmen. They no longer need the police or this one or whoever else they was bribing at the point in time. They operate on a level that is above that. Uh, and, and what we see now is just as you have tears in anything, in various levels, you have now these criminals who see home invasions and the carjackings and all these other things as their business, their core business. That's correct. That's a bread and butter. 
what I find interesting is the market for all this stolen stuff. If them fellas couldn't sell it, they wouldn't take it. Who buying it? I have not seen a story. I have not heard a report. I have not seen a question asked at any one of these police briefings about that. Where all this stolen stuff going? And I think that's a valid question because buying stolen stuff is against the law. Correct. We should be charging some of these people who looking to get a TV for aisle 500 and all that kind of thing when mm -hmm. these fellas come back. But it's just another, another element of a long, long discussion. I want to thank you for being with us here this morning. Thank and, you for and, having me. And giving us an insight into this. I, you know, this may sound, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I hope that next year, after Christmas, when we speak again, <laughs> that the situation may be a bit different to what we're facing so. at this point in time. I want to thank you for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening this morning to our discussion all year in review with our special guest here this morning. That's Shane Superville, senior reporter and producer at GML. Is where we drop the curtains. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.